I understand that uh, some of you are here for the first time. Welcome. And uh, chances are you might not have wrapped your head around Jesus yet, which is fantastic because this is a great place to maybe just kind of check Him out. And uh, we say as Elevate Church, come as you are. That's it for the first time. And hopefully, and my sincere prayer is just in these next 20, 30 minutes, that maybe some of what I talk about is gonna actually help you get even more clarity about this question, why Jesus? And in fact, even for those of you who have said yes to following Him, maybe this morning we can backfill some of the gaps that yes, you, you have put your trust in Jesus, but maybe there's a little bit of a, a kind of ground that maybe need to recover and just say, okay, I'm, I, I, I'm glad I was here this morning because I've even got even more clarity about why it was when I was this age or in this place that I decided and chose to follow Jesus. And those of you that have chosen to follow Jesus, chances are, and hopefully that topic is gonna have come up for you at some point in time. Maybe it's come up around the family, uh, extended family table at Christmas. Maybe it's come up in the workplace. This is why I don't use a handheld microphone. Uh, maybe it's come up for you, friends, family, neighbours, fellow students, whatever, you know, chances are it's come up for you. And, and what often happens in my experience as a long time follower of Jesus is there's certain uh, statements or, or questions that'll, that'll come out and some of them are pretty, uh, pretty universal. I, I'm gonna cover off a few of them and, and I'm covering them off reasonably confident that some of you have had these thrown at you or possibly even you've been the one on the asking side of these questions. Here's one. Someone finds out that you're a Christian and they say, well, you have to be a little unintelligent to believe in God. Now, people don't actually say that. I mean, you have to be a real douche to say to someone, you have to be pretty thick to believe in God. But it's kind of implied like, oh, you're a Christian. That's nice. Bless you. Uh, that's nice. But really, they're being a bit patronising. They think that you're a little bit thick. They think that, that, that what you did is you said yes to Jesus and handed your brain over at that time. That, that there's an implication that to believe in something that you can't see and smell and touch just makes you a little bit, you know, less. And uh, okay, so I've got a phone here. It's an iPhone, doesn't matter if it wasn't, Samsung, Android. Point is, it's a smartphone. I've got a smartphone here. Let's, let's suppose, let's suppose I turn up to work tomorrow morning and in the break room, 10.30 in the morning, I say to my colleagues, hey everyone, look at what magically appeared on my kitchen bench this morning. And they'll be like, wow, someone gave you an iPhone? No, 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 you don't understand. This, this wasn't even created yesterday. And it's not that, that someone gave it to me as a gift, it's that there wasn't such thing as an iPhone yesterday. And this morning, I woke up and I walked into my kitchen and there was an iPhone. It just magically appeared. Nobody created it. Nobody designed it. It just, it just happened. Now, if I did that, my colleagues would have every right to consider that in that moment that I am being a little bit unintelligent. Because you know, and I know, and my colleagues will know that there was very much a creator behind this highly sophisticated, very, very intelligently designed device. And for me to say that there isn't, this just this magically appeared would cause me 
to be unintelligent. And yet some of the same people that are saying to you, for you to believe in God and a God that created the heavens and the earth, designed this world that we live in, to say that you're unintelligent is actually, no, no, this is the highest level of intelligence that I cannot move through this earth for one second, let alone one day, and presume that this intelligent world that I live in just magically appeared. Now, I realise there's a difference. I realise that in the case of the iPhone, that I can get on a plane and I can fly to California and I can turn up to the Apple headquarters in Cupertino and I can say, hello, did you in fact create the iPhone? And they say, yes, in fact, we did. And I can't similarly put my hands and get an actual physical representation of this God that I believe created the heavens and the earth. So I, I, I appreciate that there's a little bit of a sticking point. However, you will struggle to find a sincere scientist who doesn't acknowledge that the world we live in is in fact intelligently designed. Having said that, that very same scientist, the scientific method requires proof of cause and effect. And I appreciate that in the creation of the world that I'm saying that the first cause was uncaused. So there is still a little bit of faith required. But to just dismiss that this world that we live in came out of nothing is actually the less intelligent solution. That's just me. You might not be so rude at your dinner parties. Well, here's one. How can there be a loving God when there's so much pain in the world? Now, I'm at a dinner party. People find out that I'm a follower of Jesus. They say, oh, really? Tell me this. How can there be a God when there's so much pain in the world? And I say to them, do you know that most of the pain in the world is actually caused by us, not by God? Do you know that slavery is not caused by God, it's caused by people? Do you know that poverty is not caused by God, it's caused by people, it's caused by greed and selfishness and personal ambition and, and personal profit? I don't understand why you're pinning that one on God. Even a lot of our climate-related issues that are going on right now actually weren't caused by some magical force of the universe, they're actually caused by us, by selfishness. We've deified convenience, so we put convenience ahead of creation and we make consumer choices that have no regard for the effect that they'll have on the world that we live in, let alone for the next generation to live in, because, oh, it's just convenient. Yeah, convenient for you, not gonna be so convenient for your grandkids if they can even breathe. No, no, I don't think it's fair to blame God for the pain in the world. Now, here's what I'll do. I, I'm, you know, I like to back things up, a little bit of evidence. I'll whip out my uh, little phone and I'll ask the internet, I'll go into Wikipedia and I'll pick a country that's struggling with pain. And I'll maybe start with India. India, big continent, a lot of people. And I figure that there's gonna be some pain in India and Wikipedia is probably gonna have some stats. So I go into Wikipedia and I say to the person who's asking this uh, very uh, ignorant question, uh, do you know that 22% of the population of India live below the poverty line? Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Okay, cool, 22%, that's a lot. Do you know that 15% of the population of India are undernourished? Yeah, 
wow, 15%, yeah, a lot of pain in India. Yeah, do you know that next month there's a wedding taking place in India that the budget for the wedding is 100 million US dollars? Do you know that next month there's a wedding taking place in India that the budget for the wedding is 100 million US dollars? Do you know you could do a lot of good in the world, even in, in India, in your own country, with 100 million US dollars? I mean, have a good wedding, make it memorable, but 100 million US dollars, really? That's, that's, how can you pin that on God? That's just a massive flex is what that is. We'll discuss things later. <laughs> now, I appreciate that there are certain natural disasters, certain earthquakes, certain things like tsunamis that do actually cause massive devastation and loss of life. And I can't explain them. But you don't have to have all the answers to be convinced that Jesus is the answer. And if you're... Objection to God being who He says He is, is this? Then I'm sincerely concerned that you're betting the farm on just one hand. And I hope you're right. Here's another one. You may have heard this one. All religions are the same. Ah, you're a Christian, no problem. Good on you, well done. Hope it works for you. But you know, all religions are the same. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into the city this afternoon and I want you to go and find a Buddhist and ask them if Buddhism is the same as Islam. Because here's what they're gonna tell you. No. And then having heard that, just check your source, go and find a Muslim and ask them if Islam is the same as Buddhism. And they're gonna be like, what? That's like saying sushi is the same as ice cream. Because if you're saying that, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. So no, all religions aren't the same. I don't even have to say that as a Jesus follower, every religion knows that they are not the same. All right, well, if they're not the same, at least we know that all religions lead to God. Because that's comforting, right? Like we've all got the truth and we're all going to the same place. And we're actually living in a climate in our nation where it's actually culturally required of us to agree with this. Like political correctness and tolerance is, is a value that's been applied to our beliefs. And we're actually required to acknowledge this. And if we don't, then like, it's not cool. That said, there may come a day in our country where legally we will be required to say this and legally we will not be allowed to say anything but this. But that day hasn't arrived yet. So I'm gonna say this is not actually true. And I'm not gonna say this is not true because I'm trying to be some sort of Christian supremacist. 
but I just wanna look at something that Jesus himself said that points to this actually statement here may not be quite right. If you've got our Elevate app, you can tap on the Bible tile. And I just wanna look at one sentence that Jesus said, one thing that Jesus said. So those of you with a Finding Nemo kind of attention span, this is the message for you because I've got one word, Jesus, and one thing He said. That's it this morning. And it's gonna take you to something that John wrote. Now, last week, if you missed it, last week I actually taught from something that John wrote about Jesus right at the very beginning of Jesus being a part of the mix. Today, I wanna actually fast forward to the end of the story, the end of Jesus' time on earth and something that, Je- that, that John wrote that Jesus actually said. And in this context, when Jesus said this, He was actually, uh, it was kind of before what we now call the Last Supper. And He's got, he's got His 12 closest followers together and he's talking about, he's talking with them about where he's going. And he actually uses the metaphor, I'm going to my father's house. Essentially, he's saying, I'm going back to where I came from. I'm going back to heaven. I'm going back to my father's house. And then he said to them, Here's some great news about my father's house is my father's house has many rooms. That's the great news. I got some great news for you. I'm going to my father's house. It's where I came from. I'm going back and it's got many rooms. And not only does it have many rooms, it's got one prepared for you. And I want you to join me there. He said that to his followers then. And he says that to people now. My father's house has many rooms. One of them's prepared for you. And I want you to join me there. And so Thomas says to him, how do we know how to get there? Now, Thomas, in history, he's now called Doubting Thomas. That is some rough shade that's been thrown on that guy because he's not Doubting Thomas. He's Thomas that asked what everyone else was thinking, Thomas. He's Thomas that's not too proud to actually say what's on his mind where everyone else is like, oh, I don't wanna ask a question. It'll make me seem stupid. Do you know what makes you look stupid is presuming you know the answer, but you really don't. Make sure you look smart and inquisitive. Don't be a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. Oh, good. So let's call him Learning Thomas, shall we? He says to Jesus, hey, Jesus, this house that you speak of, it sounds great. And there's a room for me, fantastic. Man, there's only one piece that's missing here. We don't know how to get there. Can you tell us the way? And Jesus says, actually, I can. I am the road, also the truth and also the life. That's a pretty good package deal right there. No one gets to the Father apart from me. Now, friends, while we're being honest here, let's just acknowledge that this is a pretty startling statement. In fact, for some of you, this is likely a very confronting statement because Jesus didn't say, I am a road. I am a truth and I am also a life and some people get to the Father through me. This is a very exclusive statement. Now, I was raised in the Catholic Church. In the Catholic Church, Jesus is in the mix. However, the Catholic Church, the system is very multi-layered and Jesus is just one of the moving pieces in the mix. In the Catholic Church, you've got Jesus, that's great, plus Mary, plus a growing number of saints, plus the Holy Communion and your baptism and your catechism, and I'll spare you all the details of those. 
Some of you know what they are because you were raised Catholic too. Uh, you've got traditions that you have to get sorted and there's also works, like what you do. And if you can get that mix kind of right, then the cake will come out good. That, that you'll actually find that you have a relationship with God. That's the, the Catholic system. Now, I'm not here to pick a fight with Catholics. I'm no longer part of the Catholic Church, obviously. But I'm not here to pick a fight with Catholics. In fact, Catholics can have a relationship with God. However, based on what Jesus said, it's not because you're a Catholic that you have a relationship with God. It's only if you put your faith and trust in Him that you have a relationship with God. You don't get to be grandfathered into a relationship with God. It's got to be something that you choose and we choose ourselves. Some of you are raised atheists. And if you're an atheist, this should be a highly confronting claim. Because Jesus is saying, if you remain an atheist, then this father's house, you're not gonna take your place there. The room that's been prepared for you, you're not gonna actually enter it. That should be shocking. Some of you have been maybe raised in other religions. Again, maybe you're here and, and, and you're kind of trying the Jesus thing, sure. But again, Jesus is saying, I mean, if we get this wrong, if what he's saying is true, it's a big deal. Now, if it's not true, then this is the most arrogant thing that has ever been said. Right? Can we just be honest here this morning? Well, you can't say that. Yeah, you can. Come on, man. If this is not true, if Jesus was talking out his butthole right here, then this, this is the most arrogant thing that has ever been said, right? But if it is true, then it's the most important thing that's ever been said. Now, one of the ways that all religions are the same is they actually all offer a road, a road. If you want enlightenment, then Buddhism offers you a road to enlightenment. If you want favour with Allah, then Islam offers a road to favour with Allah. If you want actually favour with God, then Catholicism actually offers a road. And yet Jesus zooms out and says, that's all true, but it's not the truth. If you want a relationship with God, I am the road, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. And if this is breaking news, if you've never seen this, if this, is, if this claim that Jesus made is the first time you've seen it, it, it can come across as being pretty exclusive. I mean, He's saying <laughs> that He is the only way it sounds pretty exclusive, but what we need to understand is the motive that Jesus has at the core of this statement is actually inclusive. That His motive of making this exclusive claim of who can get into a relationship with God, it, it actually comes packaged with a, with a road and He's the road. That, that, that His road is inclusive. This would be my problem is if Jesus says, I am the road, the truth, and the life, and nobody can approach me, th that's a problem. I would say the motivation of that, if that was the case, would be hate. 
And I would say that is not a God that's worth worshiping. That is not a God who's worth pursuing. I am not gonna play hide and seek with you, Jesus. If you're gonna say to me, I can only get to the Father through you, but then you don't let me get near you. But no, Jesus says exactly the opposite. I want you to get to the Father and I want to you to know that I am the road, that I'm the truth and that I am the life. And you can come as you are. Do you know you can be short and be a follower of Jesus? You can be tall and be a follower of Jesus. You can be rich, poor, black, yellow, pink, purple, Paisley, you know, you can, you, you, can, you can be from Queensland. You can be from, you can be from Tasmania. You can be, you, do you know, Jesus says to all creation, all humanity, I am the road, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And I want you to come as you are to me. You don't have to qualify. You don't have to complete a, a, a set of tasks. You don't have to jump through a set of hoops. You don't have to clean things up. You can come as you are. That's love. It's, it, you don't even have family members that make that promise to you. Some of, I, I don't mean this to be rude. Some of your parents didn't even make that promise to you. Some of the love you've experienced growing up was conditional love. Some of the relationships you have in the, in, the, in the marketplace are highly conditional. If the numbers are up, if the metrics are up, if the sales report's up, if the budget's up, if the staff happiness is up, then we like you. If it's not, we don't like you so much. Jesus says, come as you are. I'm the road, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And guess what? You can come to me just as you are. It's almost as if someone should make a T-shirt that says, come as you are. That would be a pro move. I mean, a T-shirt that just encapsulated what I've spent 20 minutes telling you in just one T-shirt, come as you are. Wow, man, now that would be a conversation starter. Come as you are, what does that mean? Hey, can we have a coffee? Let me tell you, that's my Jesus. My Jesus, He says, He didn't say it to me, He says to you, you can come as you are, really. So what's the and bit? Isn't there a catch? No, there's no catch. Well, why'd they put and? Oh, it's a screen printing error. Uh, don't worry about it. No, that's not true either. Because here's the thing. Jesus' love doesn't stop with come as you are. Because some of you, you've realised that there's more in you than that you're currently experiencing. Some of you have realised that you were born for more than this. Some of you are hoping that your tomorrow is gonna be better than your yesterday. Some of you are hoping that the next generation is gonna experience life better than you did in your family growing up. Some of you have uh, stuck in a job and you think, man, really, this is it? This is my life sentence? This is what I'm gonna be having to put the best of my waking hours into? And you've got a sense that, man, surely there's more to this. And Jesus says, actually, I'm glad you asked because I've got something printed on the back of the T-shirt. And this word, Anne, points to it. So I say, come as you are. And there's a big hulking full stop right there. And then there's a joining word. Any English teachers here? There's a joining word. 
And then he says, don't stay as you are. But you can read that and get tripped up. Oh, great. Now that you sucked me in, you're telling me I'm not good enough. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, now that I've invited you in, no questions asked, no conditions, I'm actually gonna offer you the power to transform. I'm gonna offer you the power to grow. And it's an invitation. Just like coming in was an invitation, now I'm actually offering you. You don't have to take it. You can actually come in and stay as you are, but why would you? When in the package deal is come as you are and don't stay as you are, I actually created you for more than this. More destiny, more purpose, more calling, more capacity, more wisdom, more passion. And, 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 and not only don't you have to settle for that, why would you? Because this is a package deal. Come as you are and don't stay as you are. How about our, our media, I mean our music team? Come on up. And our host team are about to pass around a little cracker and a little bit of juice. Crackers gluten-free, FYI. <laughs> if that matters to you, it matters to me. And what we're gonna do in a moment is we're gonna do something that Jesus did not long after he told his followers that he's the road, the truth, and the life. And they actually had a meal together. And <laughs> we don't have the time or the resources to recreate that meal but we have some symbols that are symbolic of that meal. And at that meal, Jesus actually told his followers that his body was gonna be given up for them. And he used the metaphor of his body as being like bread. And he had a big loaf and he broke that. And he said, that's what's gonna to happen to me. My body's gonna be broken and it's gonna be broken for you. And they went, huh? And then, he, and then he had a cup of wine and he said, this is like my blood and my blood's gonna be poured out, but it's gonna be poured out by you, by, for you because I love you. And, I, and I'm telling you, come as you are into my Father's house and as you make that decision to make me the road, your road, your truth and your life, that I will give you the power to change and you'll find your way to my Father's house. And in saying this, Jesus actually broke down a long held belief, even in His day, that we had to actually climb a series of steps to get to God. And this is the very thing that doesn't qualify Jesus as a religion. If you say you're religious, no. Because religions are about finding your way to God, but Jesus is about God finding His way to us. Jesus didn't come to tell us what we need to do to get to God. He came to show us what God was prepared to do to get to us. Actually, for those of you that have been hovering around Elevate for a while, you notice that we actually use the name of Jesus more than we use the word God because God's is kind of this cultural thing that people talk about and not really offended by. God, the use of the word God, and I believe in God, and I believe God is the Father and Jesus is the Son, so I get it. And there's also Holy Spirit off to the mix as well. But when people just talk about God Himself, we're actually talking about somebody that we have to search for. And yet when we talk about Jesus, we're talking about somebody that came looking for us. And that was the game changer. And when Jesus said, I am the road, the truth, and the life, He wasn't actually trying to be arrogant. He wasn't actually trying to be exclusive. What He was saying is, I am the road, 
the truth and the life. And guess what, people? No one else is coming. (laughs) If you're waiting for a way to have a relationship with God, no one else is coming. And you don't have to wait for anybody else because I'm it. I'm the search and rescue team. I'm God's plan A and there ain't no plan B, but you don't need a plan B. And that's a game changer. And look, right now I get that, that, that some of you, you can kind of wrap your head around the God thing and yet maybe right in this part of your journey, you haven't quite got the Jesus thing dialed in. That's great. Again, come as you are. Here to elevate, but more, more importantly, come as you are to Jesus. Some of you, this might be the day where you say, okay, yep, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna get the Jesus thing dialed in this morning. That Jesus says to you, friend, in my Father's house, there are many rooms and I've actually got one prepared for you. And both me and my Father, we want you there. We want you to have a relationship with us. And guess what? It doesn't have to be about what you do. It's about what I did. It doesn't have to be about you climbing the mountain. It's about me descending from heaven. Little thing we now call Christmas. Some of you, if you've never made the decision to put your faith in that man who made that way possible, the Son of God, Jesus, then right now what I want you to do is put your hand up and say, yes, that's me this morning. I'm gonna take that step. I'm gonna put my faith in Him. I'm gonna get on that road. How about you just put your hand up when I see your hand, you can put it down and then I'll just pray for you from up here. Nothing too kooky, but we don't wanna miss anybody. And in fact, this is the most important thing we do every Sunday.